Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Fearon, co-author with Peter Vale of the digital book on practice as a way of being. Find it at mylibrary.world. And now to our show. Interesting coincidence, when I thought earlier today of myself as a free-range teacher, now that I've retired from the classroom, I went ahead and met Dr. Lisa Thomas for this podcast, and lo and behold, she is also a lifetime free-range teacher. Yes, both of us have connected to places where we could be formally thought of and used as teachers, but in between, we were out finding people who we can help. And that's how I met Lisa at uh, in an, organ- uh, an emerging organization called Open Source OD, standing for Organization Development. And she was facilitating one of their programs, which is in intensive learning circles, and I asked if I could join and co-facilitate. So we've done that twice, and now I know I want to be working with Lisa again and again, fellow rearranged teachers. And so here is a very interesting colleague now, Lisa Thomas. Not too long ago, and I wish it were much longer ago, because I've loved meeting and talking to Dr. Lisa Thomas and working with her uh, remotely, is uh, is this opportunity now for the two of us to become better acquainted. Why not more fully acquainted, Lisa, with the few times we've met? Because uh, I was drawn to the work of Bill, Blen- Bill Prendel, Dr. Bill Prendel, who was created with some very wonderful volunteers, the open source OD uh, universe for us, whether it's one person or a million, it is a place that we could migrate into. And once inside the OD, the open source, and I was very much attracted to open source, we could be ourselves and see what emerges. Now there was, there's always a curriculum and there are lots of other things about it, but what Lisa and, and Bill did is they said, Dave, you've appeared on, you've come to some of our in, intensive learning circles. And uh, so maybe you'd like to learn how to facilitate these. And I thought, well, why the heck not? But Dave, you've got to be, you've got to be coached by Lisa Thomas before we'll let you facilitate. And I was happy to that because I watched Lisa at work on these and she does it masterfully. Now, Lisa's got many, if you look at it, you know, I'll put her LinkedIn profile up there when I post this episode, but you'll see that she has quite a few different things that she loves and to report in her profile. But the one that we settled on is a uh, personal development consultant or coach. So first, Lisa, welcome. Well, thank you, Dave. That was wonderful. Uh, thank, <laughs> you, 
<laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, now, uh, well, let's start with open source. Were you like I attracted to the, just the intrigued by that name, open source, when Bill started to put the word out? It it wasn't the open source part. It was find your calling part that that got. Oh, me. that's right. He had the the uh, different uh, survey instruments. And there stuff. is an assessment. The most the assessment the assessment that you take. And it is a wonderful assessment that can be used to um, help you to identify your strengths and a mm -hmm. for you. And um, I was just really, really intrigued. I think I, I went to a, a webinar that he was conducting and then uh, took the, the most assessment. I said, wow, this is wonderful. It mm -hmm. has really, really great um, resources for you that I said, I want to be a part of this. And so with the background that I already have, I said, this would be really good. And, and before I know it, here we are. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm having a really good time with the immersive learning uh, circles and um, being able to help people in the way that I do anyway, you know, with coaching yeah. and consulting. And this is just a, a, another avenue to do that. Yeah. When you took that survey, was it what leapt out at you? Because sometimes they really are good. They pick up on you that left out and say, oh, yeah, that is that's me. Right. That's what it was. It, it was um, some of the nuances that I have not gotten from other uh, surveys. And when I say that, there are things that were spot on as far as your, your personality strengths or your interests or your natural um the way that you would normally do things that are not captured from other ones. And I really was immersed in the different dimensions that are offered with that, that most assessment. And then there was uh, articles and blog posts and webinars that you can go in and look at based on what your profile tells yeah. you. Yeah. And so it, it was much more comprehensive than others that I have taken. And um it's, it's really, really good for anybody who has not taken it. Uh, either it will tell you or suggest to you which areas of organizational development might be good for you. Mm -hmm. Give you resources to build on that. Or it will tell you that oh, maybe OD is not your strength. Not for you. And as you said, when we set this up, I I'm I, I certainly am interested in organizations who isn't but I'm more drawn to the person and a way that I can be influential to one or a very small group of people uh, in their own journey for development. Is that, is that true? That's right. Yes, that, that's right. I think that in my view, if you can help the individual, you help the organization. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it, sometimes you have to start with the individual and, and for our, our working environment now, we work in teams and a lot of us are either hybrid or remote. Sometimes we're in, it, it takes something to be able to work in that kind of environment. So yeah. each individual brings something to that yeah. and working on that person, working with that person, you've helped the team. Once you've helped that team, you've helped the division. Once yeah. you've helped the division, you've helped the organization. Yeah. And, and I think that that sometimes is the better approach um, than trying to dive into the organization as a whole from the yeah. start. 
it, yeah. yeah it, it, it seems, uh, and I've thought of this as I've met different organization level consultants like the ones we featured in the learning circles, like Ed Shine and Peter Block and others, is that it, it seems like they're embracing the entire organization. And in many ways, they are intellectually embracing it. But really, when it comes down to the conversations that they have access to with a very few people, whether they're senior leaders or or in the case of the, the one we just went through earlier this week, going out on the street like Francis uh, Baldwin did and talking to people who were striking employees for this particular municipality. Uh, that really brings to mind something that I've learned about you uh, in the two uh, sort of video cases that we've facilitated together. In both instances, we didn't have very large audiences. And what I learned about you is one or a thousand, but I prefer one or two, mm -hmm. like we had this time. Now, from a scale of trying to finance these events, they would be looked at as a, a cancellation. So we can't just do it for one. But you were as genuine and generous in the first one with that one person from California. Mm -hmm. And now with the two we had, yeah, uh, they it, it, it was wonderful. And what was coming out, as we just mentioned before we started recording, was where did these wow, these insights are amazing. Yeah. Uh, and in because they were comfortable, you made them comfortable. And so uh, I think tentatively, at least the young lady would say, Well, is I don't know if this is appropriate to say, you know, she was very tentative at first, and and, and you said, say whatever. No, there's no there's no wrong questions and no wrong answers. And then she started to open up. By the time we got through this very intriguing case that was real of Francis Baldwin, who's very well regarded senior consultant. Uh, it was her first case out of graduate school, out of her doctorate. And so uh, it, it, this, this event that we co-chaired in a way or co-facilitated allowed us to see two people very seemingly young for me everyone's young uh it drew out and and it got them i think a little bit more excited about uh being in a helping role whether yeah. it's for a few people or, or a company just i think i i think if i see these things and great people like francis or ed shine or peter block were going through the same thing uh, maybe, uh, maybe there is, if not becoming a freelance consultant, at least in my role, in whatever company or agency I'm serving, I can be more mindful of all these interconnections that you just mentioned. Um, yeah. You know, what I see in, in that, whether it's one person or 50, which you know, I, I can do, I've done that. It's just that you want to be first be aware of yourself and your purpose there. And if your heart is in it, you know, you're authentic with yourself, that comes through in how you respond to people and they pick it up. That's right. They pick up that that energy. And if you're in this to assist and to help, then the person who you are trying to help has to be has to perceive that you are trustworthy, that you are authentic and you are there for their benefit. Otherwise, how can you help them? If they feel closed, closed, and they don't feel like they can speak, 
or that they're going to be ridiculed or not accepted or it's it's a stupid question or it's not the right answer, then we make no progress because yeah. their their real questions or their real ideas are not coming out. And then I can't say, well, that's a great point. Yeah. It's something good. Or build on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I want to jump yeah. all the way back to the question of how it's Lisa Thomas, not not Dr. Lisa Thomas. This is pre-doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're back now and you're uh, very early in your life and awareness of other people. Have you always wanted to be that sort of peace and person for others, the one to whom they can come? Well, maybe cry on your shoulder or at least try to perk up a group like you do with this facilitation role. Well, that's that's very interesting because I have not sought that out. But evidently, I have that kind of energy. And so (laughs) you do. People are welcome, and and I I own that, and and I'm grateful for that because I want to help. Sometimes you don't know that people need that shoulder. Sometimes you don't know that there what kind of a day or situation a person is is in. That's right. Uh, so from yeah, from very early on, that has been that has been um, the case. Not that I have sought people out. I, I don't go out and say, you know, you're having a really bad day. Yeah, I want to, I want to, yeah, stop a minute. I want to help you. <laughs> no, that, that that's a little pushy. <laughs> and plus, it may not be welcome. Yeah. Forming relationships and rapport with people from a, a spirit of acceptance, of awareness, of authenticity. People can feel that and they'll come out and 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 yes, that that's kind of been um the thing. I've been a teacher of something. And I say of something because I've I've done everything from teaching two-year-olds to dance to uh seniors to swim. I mean, so <laughs> all all of that. And to do any of that, that person who you are in front of has to trust you. Oh yes. Right? You yes. to trust you. And more for observation, observe their, their body language, observe their, their mannerisms, observe their facial expressions or lack thereof, mm-hmm. ask questions from a spirit of how are you? You can tell me, we can talk about it. Um, and if you wouldn't like, then you know we can maybe work on this together. That's beautiful. So there's... There's a there's a teacher, Lisa Thomas, uh, inside the coach, consultant, yeah. uh, professor, all the things you've been, and uh, and sort of a, a teaching person is a, uh, you know, welcome to to we'll make a club because I I've often thought of myself that way. In fact, uh, earlier today, uh, I was recording an introduction to a podcast I recorded with a former student from early 2000. That's how long I've known her, about her at least, and known her. I said, well, folks, um, now after all those years in classrooms, uh, I am a free-range teacher. (laughs) (laughs) No cages, no fences. I'm a free range teacher, you know, and uh, I'm getting to like that notion. And I think you are too, because as you say, I taught 
evil swim. It's not so much the subject, it's the person, the chance to get the person to see where they were headed and then yeah. help them get there a yeah. little closer to there. Uh, yeah. That's a damn good way to spend your life. Yes. And, and not only help them to get there, but show them that they have the answers all the time. Yeah. That's what's really, really good about this is that the answer or the pathway to the answer, they already have it. Yeah. If they knew it, how to do it, they would be doing it. However, when you look at a person and accept them as they present themselves, you can sometimes see those strengths and that they don't see and realize. It's, and that's, that's, that's the gift I think you bring. Uh, okay. that you can see maybe because you have a history with lots of folks in their situation or whatever it may be, or mm -hmm. probably a very strong uh, empath empathic, maybe that popped up in your, in your assessment. Yes. Uh, you tune in and, and that's not everyone who can do that. Mm. Uh, and uh, so it is something that you develop every time you do it. So you get better and better at, seeing yes. things about other people as i mentioned in describing my philosophy of my podcast it i see them as a as a portrait but not complete just a, a quick sketch maybe a little bit of the background uh maybe a little paint here and there to give it a little color but in 30 minutes or so that's about all you get yeah but when when i listen to them when i'm editing i'm thinking wow that lisa thomas you know, she said some things that I've, I, you know, in a nice, uh, kind, laughing, spontaneous way that I want everyone to hear. Well, that, that's wonderful. Thank you for, for that. And, and it's, it is the joy that I get from uh, assisting people. I think it's, it's what it is. Um, it, just, it comes through. It is something that I do intuitively. It's something that you don't go to school to learn. Uh, you learn it from experience. You learn it from life. You learn it from um, just observing other people. And yet you've, set, in quotes, sacrificed, end quotes, those are my words, not yours, all mm -hmm. the way through a whole hierarchy of formal schooling to, <laughs> to have a doctorate. Uh, yes. So, um, and I know some people who think I can't be the, a really successful person until i have the credential and then i'll be a better person that mm -hmm. doesn't work you're no. you start with whatever your heart and soul are telling you you want to be and it must break out now you look at the various levels of formal education as a uh gates to you know open and get past and in, in the in the goods and in the in the meantime you learn some theory and you meet some really good teachers and some fellow students who maybe become friends for life like this person, Kelly, who I caught up with this morning. Uh, so uh, what was your drive to get through the bachelor's and the master's and the doctorate? Well, I have to say that drive came from my mother. <laughs> that, was, that was drilled into us. Um, get your education. And and I will say, um, I do identify as female. Sometimes you have to clarify that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a woman of color. Mm -hmm. And and society um, can treat us a little differently. 
So mother would say, get your education. That's something that can't be taken away from you. Learn how to do more than one thing. Yeah. So um, those were those words still ring you know, in the back of my mind. And I still continue to learn. Yeah. So that was the drive for it. But as I went through uh, the bachelor's and the master's, which <laughs> oddly or not so oddly, the bachelor is is um, management in organizational mm. sciences. Yeah. MBA, I didn't want to uh, limit myself to just management. So the MBA gives me what the finance, the management, the accounting so that I can have a more well-rounded. Wow. But but the the specialization is in human resources management. So all mm-hmm. of those things still point very squarely to the person. Yeah. Through the organization. Yeah. Okay. And and then of course IO psychology is the culmination of all of that. Yeah. 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 So the drive was was to to learn, get your education, learn something. And then when you learn it, use it to assist other people. I uh I I was I was bothered by something you told me, Lisa, just before again we recorded. And it not uh, no criticism. You <laughs> said that people don't always think that I am a doctor, yeah. Lisa Thomas. Right. And and you've just given us a context for that. Generally, people don't expect an African American woman to have a doctorate. To have achieved that much, I, I, I'm actually disgusted by that aspect of our society, but I lived through it. Mm-hmm. You know, from being not at all encumbered by things you've talked about, but in the '60s when I was going undergraduate school, mm-hmm. '61 to '65, I was in Maine, and I grew up with mainly very much very white people. Uh, I I didn't even know that much about what was going on with Martin Luther King, other than conceptually I knew about him, but uh, it, it it didn't dawn on me that um, there were whole huge populations in this country who were not even allowed yes. uh, to uh, eat in the same places and all of that. In my lifetime, I was so disgusted. Now, I'm fortunate to get a, a fellowship to uh, work on my master's degree in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And now this is 65, 66 or so. And it was exactly the time that the riots were happening in Detroit. I was in Flint, Michigan for mainly for my, for my fellowship. And I was like, wait a minute. I mean, what the heck is going on? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is awful. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I, I interned in a, a school where I was the only person with white skin and I was w- watching these little kids playing and I'd be visiting classes and I did a few teaching stints just to, you know, kind of be a value in the school. And I thought there's absolutely not anything about these kids that's different than the kids I used to uh, teach swimming in the Portland YMCA in Maine. It's, they're they're good hearted. They're good souls. They're alert. They're curious. Uh, what is it about our society that because of their skin to- 
skin tone and and his that they they basically don't want to see these kids have a, a happy future and in by and large even flint which was pretty prosperous back then yeah didn't care that much about those kids having a prosperous future right overall you could feel it you know right. because it was just south enough and a lot of people came up from the south to detroit and in Flint to work in the automobile. And there was a, that that attitude from the South that was prevailing up there. And it used to bother me. Now, I'm sorry for the long harangue, no. but you this is your life experience. And how are you how is it now for you and, and for people you care about? The process is just different, but the, the stigma is still there. It is something that I think people of color, not just African-Americans, but people of color deal with every day. I, I'll say I read an, an article because I, I like to read research, of course. And in this study, um, there were people of color asked questions about health care. And overwhelmingly, the results said that people of color expect to be disrespected. They expect to be dismissed when they go for health care. Oh, God. Um, that they prepare themselves for that. That mm -hmm. is the reality of not only in health care, but also in education and, and employment and housing. Um, study, mm -hmm. another study I read today about um, people of color being denied home loans. Even when the decide to this day, yes, even though that's illegal, yes, this this was today. The largest, so that the article stated, the largest credit union in the United States, um, over fifty percent of African American applicants were denied, even though the income was the same. Uh, or the debt e uh, equity ratio was the same. All the deciding factors were the same. So this was an organization that did the study. It wasn't something that just somebody just pulled out of the air. And, and it still goes on. So what do we do? We persevere. Yeah. You have to keep going. You have, yeah. uh, if that credit union does not accept, you go someplace else. And yeah. what happens is you, you, you become more resilient. Yeah. You become um, an advocate for yourself. And, oh, I and like that. I like that a lot. You have to be an advocate. Otherwise, you know, what What choice do you have? Yeah. I mean, the choice is not good. And in your predecessors, your mom and dad and those who preceded you, not too many generations back, that it was altogether worse. So yes. I guess we can say, well, maybe because of perseverance and because you and so many others have shown the world, hey, uh, I, I, I'm I'm able to compete with anyone. Skin yeah. tone doesn't matter. There's more of that now. And another another thing that we just happen to be having on the call preceding this one, we were talking about uh, the importance of of diversity within this Christmas season. Okay. And some of us said, well, one woman said, well, my family is all gone now. And I, I, I find myself craving to be among people from different religions, different you know, experiences. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking for that kind of venue. Yeah. 
place that I can go, right. even if it's, and so there's more interest, at least at one level. Then I counted by saying, well, I don't want to be Mr. Scrooge here, but you know, right now the, the military refunding, they have, the, the republics are putting in a provision uh, that they would defund the DEI or the develop the diversity, equity, and inclusion training mm. within the, all the militaries. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking in 2023, there's still so-called legislators who were bold enough or emboldened enough to be publicly saying we shouldn't be encouraging uh, uh, division uh, diversity in our military. And at the same time, it's the same group that's saying we women in our military cannot have uh, reproductive freedom. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't want to turn this conversation into a harangue, but you're living, you're living it. And and as someone who's out there to help people, I'm sure that you can be very helpful in helping people understand that no matter what, they've got to persevere. I- what I do not understand and what's really dismayed, I'm dismayed by, is when we talk about diversity, we thrive as a nation because of diversity. Absolutely. An organization, a business will thrive because of diversity. Mm-hmm. Diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of background. A person who who has had a background of depravity knows how to get things done with less. That's true. (laughs) That is a valuable resource for an organization. That's very true. A person who who has a different ethnical background that has other traditions and other thought processes is an asset to anybody who serves people mm-hmm. and are selling or servicing one group of per- of people, just one, you're doing a disservice to your company. That's right. Embracing that diversity in your company who can help you to market to those other people or to give a, a product or a service that is yeah. valuable to other people. Than, than what you to the homogeneous kind of people or, or clientele. So I don't I don't get it. Um, the bottom line is suffering when you do not include diversity, equity, belonging is a very big part of that. That's right. Other than that, if people don't feel like they belong, then your your DEI is is um, hollow. Yeah, true. It's, it's I think I, I think of the history. I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Uh, okay. Uh, a lot of our grandfathers and and grandmothers were forced or wanted to go into World War II because yeah. it, it was a cause. And so many of my friends who's now they're in the 90s or they passed away who went in at, at, mm-hmm. they were very young. One, it, what, it, what it was for them is in a particular unit, whether it's in a Navy unit or an Army unit, there were people with every possible background you can imagine because the military wanted you. Yes. Now, granted, they did exclude some African-Americans still, but not all, but at least the other ethnics and religious groups and, and preferences, all were forced together in a barracks to learn mm-hmm. how to 
keep each other alive. Yeah. And, and, and that was a huge transformational event, those five years or so, uh, for so many of us. So when our, our tradition going forward was was improved by that in some ways yeah. because th that was a forced togetherness. And there are other moments too. But yeah. I think as we're moving ahead to the end of my time clock here, that uh, in, in, a, in a way of going back to open source <laughs> as, a, as a term that tr attracted me initially, open source. You think about it as in technology, they would put out a problem that was too tough or too expensive for one entity to solve. And they would say, I'm putting it out to the, in this case, the IT world. Uh, and people through technology would volunteer all these great ideas yeah. and, and help and, and everything else would come to the fore because they were so intrigued by the fact that this problem was apparently impossible to solve, which it never was. Now, I think in some ways, we're looking at organization life going forward for the individual as well as the collective. And whatever group in Bill Blendell's leadership for this one has to say, we're open. Uh, you you come in, the problems of, of organizational life are impossible for anyone senior executive or anyone to solve yeah. we're open for suggestions for ideas and for examples and yeah. experiments yes that's the future i'm hoping for you lisa in your work that would be wonderful it um it's, it's if if you can help the one person then again yes you've helped that organization but one person with one team one person from another we can get there uh, so that that is my hope Mm -hmm. that's what kind of drives me. That is my gratification is to know that a person feels better about what they're doing and that they can be independent. They can be uh, strong. They can be productive. They can be happy. And, and in their job or in their personal life or professional life, uh, they can be um, resilient and flourish because of something that we have done together. That's, that's, now, that's I'm going to, I'm going to give you uh, an instruction because, oh. you know, I'm, I'm the elder in this combination here. You're, you're younger than my shoes. I'm sure. I'm going to say Lisa Thomas, Dr. Lisa Thomas, go forth. That's your mission. All right. I'll take that. Do you accept? Absolutely. <laughs> it's been fun. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for listening to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. If you'd like to hear more, go to Automatic, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. And please consider purchasing our book on practice as a way of being at mylibrary.world. It's a digital book with lots of features that you do not see in a conventional book. So once again, thank you, and I look forward to you listening again.
Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me.